What's going on, my MS Gym family? How are you guys doing? Uh, welcome to another week. Welcome to another opportunity to have some awesomeness this week. Um, and I'm just excited to kind of share with you what I got on my mind today, um, even though last week was not fun. Um, so last Monday, we really talked about uh, your threat bucket, all right? Um, and we really talked about the fact that a lot of MS symptoms, a lot of cancer, a lot of uh, pain, a lot of medical conditions actually happens due to what's called your threat bucket. Is that pain and neurologic dysfunction and autoimmunity and all kinds of stuff are actually neurological outputs from your brain telling your body that your threat levels in your life are too high, so therefore I'm going to create a condition of dis-ease in your body to make you stop, to make you slow down, to make you change direction by doing less, okay? Um, and we really use that analogy of filling up a bucket with water, and as you fill up more and fill up more and fill up more and fill up more, that bucket gets higher and higher and higher and higher until eventually it's at a point where it's overflowing, and then you have all this neurological output coming out, and that is what leads to chronic medical conditions. And when you have a medical condition, it leads to an exacerbation of symptoms and problems, which is a lot of times why when you guys... Uh, with MS, when you guys have life stress, whether it be work or relationships or finances or jobs or kids or whatever it might be, uh, that, that neurological output just flows over and that is when you have symptoms flare up. That is when you have relapses. That is when you have progressions. That is when you have flare-ups. Okay, so last week we really talked about all of the stressful things in your life that may be causing uh, a lot of those threats to be happening. But let's flip the tables a little bit and let me kind of just, just get some sort of perspective on this, is that when you start to feel better, you will want to do more, which is awesome. When you start to feel better, you will actually start doing more activities that you never thought you could do again which is awesome. But here's the thing, and I need you to recognize this, is that sometimes, even when you're having fun, even when you're uh, doing good things, even when you're creating memories with your family, even when you're doing the things that you love and you're doing more activity and you're moving more and doing more life and all that kind of stuff, uh, you can actually be adding to your threat bucket. But the thing is, like, it's not your fault. The brain cannot disseminate between a good threat and a bad threat, okay? Now, you can get into a little bit of, debate, of a debate on that, whether it's like, well, you have what's called eustress and distress, EU, so eustress and distress, meaning that like, you can have good stress put on your body, like exercise, but then you can also have distress put on your body, like, uh, like your husband walks out, right? So those are two different types of situational stresses However, from a threat level standpoint in the brain, there's not much difference. Like just because your body is out traveling and spending time with your family and that causes you to eat a little bit more irregularly, not get your water in, not exercise as much, maybe get a little bit too exhausted, maybe do a little bit too much activity, that is seen as just as much of a threat as 
Uh, I found out I have no money in my bank account. My husband just left me, and now my doctor said that I have to go into assisted living. <laughs> like those, it sounds weird, but in the brain, those are those are seen as equal threats. And I know this to be true because this just happened to me. Last week, and I'm coming out of it, but last week I was in a massive flare-up from all my autoimmune stuff. Like I have chronic neurologic Lyme disease, and I've had celiac disease my entire life, all right, that I didn't know about till about five years ago, and who knows how much damage has been done in Trevi's tum-tum, right, over the years that I'm still healing. And like V. Capaldi said, it took her four years of being on point to heal her gut. And I'll tell you what happened to her that's similar to what happened to me. So, you know, like last week I had a flare-up, and a lot of people were like, why are you stressed out? Like, what was in your threat bucket, dude? You haven't been in the MS gym maybe as much. I haven't seen you as much. You took a family vacation to the mountains, and then you just got back from this awesome trip going and learning about all the stuff that you love, and you're fired up, and you're having a good time, and all this kind of stuff, which is true. I had an amazing time with my girls. I had an amazing time spending time with Misty. We've got, we finally got to like step out and like talk about life. We got to reflect on our blessings. We got to reflect on you guys. I got to go to Minnesota. I got to learn from all these awesome trainers. I got to make new relationships. It actually gave Misty and I a pretty cool perspective on our marriage, on how much we appreciate and love and want each other around uh, and kind of like kind of just set a new perspective on, on who we are, how we define our marriage. And like, it's all been great stuff. Now, alongside of that, what happened behind the scenes that you guys haven't known about until now is that while we were up in the mountains, the altitude was too much for Misty being pregnant. Plus there was forest fires around, so there's smoke in the air. We are at almost 11,500 feet in this cabin we're at. And guess what happened to Misty? She couldn't breathe. She literally, like, there was nights I looked at her and I'm like, um, are you okay? Like, I was taking her pulse. I was checking her pulse ox. The, the, the buddy that I had that lent us his cabin is actually a neurosurgeon. He actually had a, an oxygen, oxygen machine in his condo that Misty was hooked up to four or five times a day for 20 to 30 minutes at a time because she could not breathe. And guess what happens when a pregnant mother doesn't get oxygen? Well, then oxygen doesn't get to my baby. And that baby can then have birth defects. Okay? Then we had smoke that was affecting my oldest daughter's allergies, my lungs, and all that kind of stuff around. So when we went down into a town that was at lower altitude, we were fine. But then the minute we came back up to where we were staying, it was like everybody was suffering. And uh, we had to cut our trip short. Um, I spent two or three days getting Misty back acclimated, getting her okay, getting food back in her system, water back in her system, sleep in her system. But literally, I didn't sleep well while I was up on vacation. And I was so concerned with Misty and constantly in like medical practitioner mode, checking her vitals to make sure she was going to be okay. Then... <laughs> We came back for a couple days and it was like balls to the wall go like I had a bunch of stuff to do before I left for Minnesota. Then I left for Minnesota and I, my, my first night there I didn't get until like 1.30 in the morning. I had to be at training at 7 a.m. Then we had like training like all day, right? So then it was like, well crap, what am I going to eat because I, I'm a celiac. I can't just eat food. I have to find the right food. 
I didn't have a car. It was like 97% humidity, right? Out of the four days that I was there, three of the days I got literally four hours of sleep. Then on top of it, guess what happened? Some dude at the cafe that I ordered stuff from, I made it very explicit that I needed a gluten-free salad. He's like, all right, cool, man. You know, here's your salad. There's your dressings. Like, good. You can have, you know, you can pick da 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 but stay away from these two. And the way that the salad dressings were arranged, they were in the wrong place. And what I thought was ranch dressing, which was gluten-free, was actually this stuff called lemon goddess which was the goddess of hell on earth because it had gluten in it and it looked the same as the ranch. Well, guess what I did? I came home after like an eight or, eight or nine day session, poured my salad dressing on my salad, sitting there talking to Misty, started eating my salad and guess what? All of a sudden I felt searing, burning in my tongue, on the back of my throat and I was like, oh no. And I'm like, I looked at it, I smelled the dressing a little bit more, I'm like, Oh my God, this dude gave me salad dressing with gluten in it. So instantly my body goes into a flare up. It instantly I start to get a celiac reaction. I start flooding my body with water and all this kind of stuff. And I spent the entire next two days like literally just being like, oh my gosh. Like I literally felt like I drank a bottle of, of, of whiskey the next day. It was horrible. So guess what? All last week, I was recovering from that. All last week, my body felt horrible. All my joints hurt. I had a headache every night. My jaw and my teeth hurt. My eyes were a little bit weird. I was depressed all last week. I was irritable last week. My brain was foggy last week. My workouts were sluggish and soggy. I slept, but it felt like I, I would wake up and it's like I didn't even sleep. Uh, my food wasn't digesting. I had all kinds of digestive issues last week. And I, I literally fell into this massive state of crap. Like I felt so good before I went on vacation. So good. And then now here I sit and I'm like, I feel like I regressed back like two months. Did I? No. Is it my fault? Not really. Right? Yes, while I was up in the mountains, like I ate cookies. I ate s'mores. <laughs> I ate, uh, we had a little bit more sugar and, and chips and just stuff because I was experiencing life with my girls. I was creating memory with my children and my wife. Like we were living, we were, we were on vacation, we were having fun, right? I wanted to participate in that with my girls and I thought, you know what, like I've been doing well, my body's feeling pretty clean, I'm doing all right. I can have a little, some chips here, I can have a cookie here, I can have some s'mores here, I can do some pizza here, I can do, gluten free. But pizza here, I can do some more grains here, I can do some more of this here, but guess what? My body said no. My body was like, you may think that you're ready, dude, but I'm not. Like, you've worked your butt off to get better, but we're not ready to jump back in the mix yet where you can eat what you want because I'm not able to recover that fast. Then you had sleep deprivation, anxiety, worry, allergies, uh, environmental stress, mental stress, spiritual stress, physical stress. Then you got travel stress. I'm out of my routine. I got work stress. I'm coming back and then I got to get right back into the routine next week and I, or, or last week. And then I'm expecting myself to actually feel better. Not going to happen. So did I necessarily do anything wrong? Not really. 
Could I have avoided things and maybe been like super cautious about eating sugar and water and, I mean, sugar and, and, and some soda and some coffee drinks and this and that? Yeah, probably. But some of that stuff was unavoidable. I can't control the smoke. I couldn't control what was going on with Misty. I couldn't control uh, like my plane travel schedule. I couldn't control that I couldn't sleep. I couldn't control the humidity in Minnesota. I couldn't control that I was in class for nine hours a day. I couldn't control that some dude gave me the wrong salad dressing. And then at like seven o'clock at night after nine hours of training, I just trust this dude. I made a mistake. And it sent me into a flare up last week that I'm still recovering from. But guess what? It doesn't mean that I'm falling off. It doesn't mean that Lyme and celiac is getting worse. It doesn't mean that my exercise program doesn't work. It doesn't mean that my nutrition is not working. It doesn't mean that I'm regressing. It doesn't mean I'm going backwards. It doesn't mean that this can't work again. What it does mean is that I know that I'm not out of the woods. I know that I cannot slip. I know that I have to be more cautious. And even though it kind of sucks sometimes and you want to not focus on MS and just live your life, like you can't. Because movement meds, mindset meds, nutrition meds are what are allowing you to be able to do that stuff. So you've got to stay on point. Sleep, you've got to stay on point. Water, you've got to stay on point. Allowing yourself to get away from the chaos, you need to stay on point. Allowing yourself to rest, you need to stay on point. Because guess what happens when you're on vacation or you're feeling better? You do more, right? You don't want to miss out on things. You don't want to have to call the flag and be like, I've got to go take a nap, guys, because you're actually living your life. But guess what? You've got to be disciplined in your good times as, and, and as equally disciplined as you are in your bad times. Because guess what? When you're feeling like crap and you're, feeling, and you're in the middle of a flare-up or you're in the middle of a relapse, how focused are you on getting better? You don't skip exercise. You don't skip water. You don't skip your supplements. You don't skip eating well. You don't skip your sleep. You don't skip your, your rest. You don't skip getting away from things. And everything you're doing is focused on getting better. Well, then guess what happens when you get better? You start to slip just a little bit. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And so what happens is that those threats of being off your routine, those threats of not taking your dosage of what you're supposed to be taking with your movement and your mindset meds, get a little bit off and your brain starts to be like, oh my God, we're in threat level, threat level, threat level, warning, 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 right? Be even though you're having a good time, but it's not your fault. I want you to go live your life. I want you to feel better. I want you to have fun. I want you to create memories. I want you to go on travels. I want you to go to the family reunion. I want you to go to a wedding. I want you to go to a graduation. I want you to go do all this stuff. But I guess fortunately and unfortunately, uh, I, don't, I, I guess it depends on your perspective, is that you, you don't get the opportunity to slip because this is medicine. This is how, this is actually proof that your movement medicine is this powerful because when you don't have it and you don't do it, your body falls off track and your threat level goes way up. When you do exercise and you do rest and you do recover and you do fill your mind with good stuff on a daily basis, your threat level is lower. Whether you're in a time of stress or you're in a time of celebration, it's the same thing. So just like if you had cancer, okay, God forbid, but like, let's just say you had cancer and your doctor said, I need you to take three of these pills 
every single day, regardless of what's going on, you would do it, wouldn't you? Right? But a lot of people see lifestyle meds as optional or situational or convenience oriented or, or, or whatever it may be, but they're not. They're not. And I was guilty of it. I knew I shouldn't have that extra s'mores. I knew that I was eating too many chips. I knew that I probably shouldn't have had like a whole half a pizza, right? Gluten-free. I knew that I wasn't sleeping well. I knew that I should be exercising. I knew, right, that I should have been doing things better, but I didn't because I was like, oh, I'm just hanging out and having fun. I need, it's too much. I don't want to think about it. I just want to relax. I just, everybody, I just, I don't want the routine. I don't want an obligation. I'm good. Like, I just leave me alone. But it caught me. It got me. Was it my fault? I could have some, done some things different, but no, I don't feel like I did anything that bad to make myself go into a flare-up. Okay? So I say this to you guys because I want to give you freedom. I want to let you know that if you are someone who's been working out consistently and exercising consistently and eating well and, and drinking your water and doing everything consistently and all of a sudden you have this, you have this flare up or this symptom stuff that comes out of nowhere, it probably isn't out of nowhere. It's probably not MS getting worse. It might be, but I don't think that's the only thing. I think it's that you've just gotten a little bit off, right? A little bit off of where, you, where your body likes to be optimally. A little bit off of your, of your movement medication routine. A little bit off of your lifestyle routine. A little bit off of your mental mindset routine. A little bit off of your self-care routine. A little bit off of just that awareness routine of what's going on around you. And all of those little bit offs have been those little those little cups of water just pouring themselves into that bucket and because they're not this massive trauma or massive catastrophe in your life you're not focused on it because you're like this is all good stuff so it just kind of happens underneath the well starts growing the water starts rising you don't even know it's a problem and then all of a sudden the bucket tips over and you got this neural output and your leg doesn't work or your foot drops or you got bladder issues, or your eyes get weird, or your brain fog comes back, or your depression shows its ugly head, or whatever it might be, and you're like, why is this even happening to me? Like, I'm doing everything right. This doesn't work. I'm getting worse. This is progressing. This doesn't happen. Trevor doesn't know what he's talking about. Why does everybody get better but me? Does this sound familiar? So here's the thing, you guys. Like, when, when fighters train... Boxers, MMA fighters, like football players, like anybody that has contact in their sport, uh, you go through a level of progressive threat reduction. Meaning that the first time that, I mean, I played football for years. The first time that you get hit, like full on head on head collision, you're like, ho. And this is when you're like, eight. How much force can an eight year old and two eight year olds create? You look at the force created by an eight-year-old and then a 23-year-old NFL player, two 23-year-old two NFL players, you look at the size differential, the speed differential, the power differential, and the amount of force created between two eight-year-olds and two 23-year-old NFL players is astronomically different. 
But what's happened is those eight-year-olds that grow up into those 23-year-old NFL players have progressively taught their brains and their bodies to handle impact, to handle collision, to handle pain, to handle discomfort, and then they're able to recover faster. The exact same thing is, gonna, is happening to you. So as you have flare-ups, as you have symptoms, as you have pain, as you have discomfort, as you have weakness, as you have bodies that don't work well, as you use exercise to get yourself better, guess what that does to your brain? It progressively teaches your brain, number one, that you can get out of that threat. Number two, because your brain learns that it can get out of that threat, the next time that that threat or that symptom shows up, it's like, oh, we've been here before. I know I can get out of it. We did this exercise last time and that let us get out of it. So I like this exercise. So I'm going to give it a green light, right? Then maybe you go a couple days, two, three days, you're feeling pretty good. And then maybe your leg starts to freak out again. Your foot drop comes in again. And then you start trying to do your exercises again. Your brain's like, oh, wait a second. Okay, cool. The last two times that we did this, the exercise worked. I felt better. Let's give it a green light. Things start to work better. Then the third time and the fifth time and the 11th time and the 15th time, your brain progressively learns that when you're having a symptom, it doesn't perceive it as as much of a threat, as as high of a level of a threat. So then you're able to recover faster. Your brain is able to process what to do faster. Your brain is able to tell yourself and the rest of your body that we can get out of this so that it lowers your threat level. And I proved this again to myself this week. If I would have gotten gluten, the amount of gluten, which was about a teaspoon in this salad dressing, which, sorry, it's got lightheaded. Uh, I got all excited. Um, if, if I would have had a teaspoon of gluten-based salad dressing six months ago before I started really focusing on my nutrition and my mindset and more movement, more neurological-based stuff and really, really started attacking, I guarantee you I would be feeling horrible today. Because if I would get just a tiny bit of gluten like six months to a year ago, it would take me three weeks to get back on track. Three weeks. And now it's like a week later and I feel better today than I have in three weeks. I had a great workout this morning. My body feels good. My brain is clear. My energy's cool. My anxiety level is like non-existent. My depression is lifted. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. There we go. All right. Or how about this? I can see clearly now my brain is on. You like that? So that's what I'm talking about, you guys, is that your body, the cool part about your human brain is that it will actually, it's actually able to take threats that were once way high, red alert, red flag, DEPCON 5, and, and learn how to deal with those and learn how to teach your rest of your body how to deal with them, reduce them, create counteractive measures and everything so that that DEPCON 5 becomes a DEPCON 3, then a 2, then a 1. And guess what that does to your threat bucket? One of two things. Either it lowers the level of, well, actually it does two things. It lowers the level of threat in your bucket, so it empties it, and it also increases the size of your bucket, right? So if you can handle more stuff and handle more threat, and you practice, practice, practice more, 
it increases the size of your threat bucket. So it takes longer for you to get over that threshold. It takes longer for you to get in pain. It takes longer for you to get weak. It takes longer for your symptoms to come back. It takes more assault for you to actually get injured or thrown off. So if you think about like a boxer or a fighter, someone gets hit in the face a lot or choked, what happens when someone does this to your throat? You flip out, right? But fighters actually train in practice to get arm barred and, and have people actually get them to the point of feeling like they're going to pass out and then they tap out because what happens is that their body actually gets used to that. They have so many reps of I'm being choked that they, their body doesn't go into this physiologic, oh my God, I'm going to die. And so they're able to handle that and keep a clear mind and fight through it. I'm teaching you to do the same thing in the MS gym. Is that as you have symptoms flare up, as you have weird things happen, as your brain may be even processing some new stuff and it's telling you to chill out and maybe your threat bucket's a little high because your body's learning all this new stuff and it's like, Dude, I just need to slow you down for a sec so I can process all this. So I'm going to make your legs a little heavier today. I'm going, to make your, I'm going to make your body feel a little bit more unstable today because I need you to work out doing stuff in your chair today so I can process all the stuff that you did standing up yesterday. Let me say that again. Your brain may actually cause you to slow down and make you, force you, encourage you to move in your chair today. Because what you did this weekend was so good that the brain wants to process it. All of this stuff that you did standing on your feet, walking this weekend, your brain is trying to process that so it can get to a higher level of, of efficiency, but it cannot have any more input coming into the brain. So therefore, it makes you sit down in a chair and still exercise and do your thing while it's processing. In two days from now, it's like, cool, I'm done processing. Let's get back to the standing stuff. So what I'm saying to you, bottom line, is that when, so actually a couple points. Number one is that if you all of a sudden have a flare-up or symptoms come back or you have increased pain or you have increased weakness, you may just be a little bit off in your routine. So you may be a little bit off in your routine. You need to check yourself and see, have I been moving more? Have, is my diet still consistent? Am I still getting enough water in? Am I still exercising daily? Am I focusing on my exercise the same? Or because I'm a lot busier, am I just trying to get through the workouts and go through the motions and get it done? Super guilty right here of that, okay? So that may be one thing. A second thing is, is that with flare-ups and with threats and when things freak out in your body, I need you to chill out because it may be your brain processing and making you sit down to work out, making you do a movement detox or a stretching program while it is processing all the good stuff happening. And then that's like, dude, I don't have enough resources. Let me process. I'm going to have you lay down and exercise today as a recovery. You're going to be back on your feet in two days, even though you don't know that's going to happen. And then the third thing is, is that as you use and take and stay consistent with your movement meds, you will, even when you're going through flare-ups and relapses and all this kind of stuff and stress and, and whatever, 
that, that that is going to train your brain to teach your body how to deal with more threat, which increases the size of your threat bucket and decreases the amount of stuff in your threat bucket so that you're able to handle more stress without that sending you into a relapse or a flare-up. Or of that disease progressing. Just saying, if autoimmunity is caused by your threat bucket and it causes your brain to stop working well and your immune system stop working well because there's too much threat in your life, if you make your threat bu bucket bigger and you decrease the amount of threat, could that possibly affect the rate of progression of a disease that's linked to threat? I'm just saying. I'm just coming up with a theory. I'm not, I'm not claiming anything, but think about that. So, that is what's going on. I just wanted to follow up from last week. I wanted to reassure you guys that even if you're doing everything right and you get into a situation where you can't figure out why you're flared up, why your symptoms are worse, why you think that you're relapsing or you're regressing or you're getting worse, you may not be, right? There's actually a possibility that because your brain now knows what it feels like to feel better, that now it's more aware of when it feels worse. So your pain may go up, your balance problem, your balance like uh, freakouts may get worse. You may be more aware of when you are off balance. You may be more aware of when you're weak. You may be more aware of when you're in pain because your body now has something to compare it to. You don't know how bitter vinegar is until you've tasted honey. Once you taste honey and your brain's like, I like this better, it's gonna, the vinegar's gonna taste that much more sour. You get it? Like, does that make sense? So today I just wanted to give you that reassurance. I wanted to give you that perspective that this, is, this may not be your fault. Your flare-up is not your fault. Your relapse is not your fault. Your symptom flare-up is not your fault. The only thing that is your fault is, is, is whether you choose to believe that you're okay or not. Whether you, you, you take these circumstances and you go down this spiral of, I can't get better, they were right, I'm going to be in assisted living, might as well get me a wheelchair right now, or just a bed because I'm not going anywhere. Or you choose, I'm going to get better, I'm going to keep doing exercise, I'm going to do what I can today, I'm gonna, I'm, if I can't exercise well, I'm going to make sure my nutrition is on point. My sleep is on point, my water's on point, my supplements are on point, so that it gives my body a chance to get back on track. You can either choose not to believe and do nothing and let them be right and let MS win, or you can choose to believe the process, believe the programs, believe your community, believe what you've already done so far, remember how far you've already come, and know that you can get you got out of it once, you can get out of it again. You got better once, you're gonna get better again. The symptom went away, went, went away once, it can go away again. I say that because like I started to flip out last week. And my wife, who's literally like my partner, my best friend, my wife and literally the angel sent to me by God, looked at me and she's like, you teach this stuff all the time I know you're depressed. You are super hard on yourself more than anybody on this planet. Stop being a perfectionist. Chill out. Go back to what you're training. You, you're, you're better than you would have been. 
six months ago because you put in the work before this to make sure that your body can heal faster so you're gonna be okay. And now two days later, she was right, right? Misty, you're always right. So that's what I wanna talk, that's what I wanna tell you guys today. Like, you are okay. You are okay. Especially, I know, I know you are okay if you're doing your exercises, if you've, if you've made the commitment to, to do whatever you need to do, whether it's in the free group, whether it's in the membership, if you're staying committed to your exercise, if you're staying committed to your nutrition, if you're staying committed to, to, to putting good stuff in your brain, if you're staying committed to building positive relationships in your life, and you're doing the best you can every day to make yourself better than you were yesterday, um, and that also means giving yourself a break if you're having a bad day, if that wasn't your habit in the past, you're still getting better. So whether it's movement, whether it's mindset, whether it's relationship, or whether it's your internal relationship with yourself, if you are working on getting better on a daily basis and you're focused on getting better on a daily basis, then this is just all part of the story. It's all part of the experience, it's all part of the training process, and it's all part of you learning how to lead yourself how to master your MS, how to make it <clears throat> not effective. Some days it'll win, but that's okay. Because guess what? You're a leader of yourself. You believe in yourself. You believe in the power of what you're doing. You believe in the strength, in, uh, you believe in your inner strength. You believe in your inner courage, and you know that you are not giving up today, you are not giving up tomorrow, and you will never give up because you are here, you are part of the MS Gym, you are an MS Gym warrior, and you got hundreds and thousands of other people looking at you, seeing you, and you can help them as well by going through something like this, succeeding and overcoming challenge, and then going back to someone who had that same experience and being like, you know what, I was there too, I know how you feel, I got through it, here's what I did, let's lock arms and let's march forward together. Because that's why we're here. That's why we do this, and that's why the MS Gym is growing. All right? So I love you guys. I wanted to share this with you. Sometimes, like, Coach T has to go through hell and back to understand, reconnect, and take my understanding of what you guys are going through to a higher level. And so I can coach you through it and tell you I've been through it. Here's what I did. Here's what we're going to do. Let me lock arms with you, and we're going to do this together. And that is why I'm here today. That was my message today. I hope it served you well. I love you guys. Keep rocking. Keep moving. Keep exercising. Keep believing. And just know that you are in the right place. This is no accident, and this is your home. So I will talk to you guys later. Have an awesome day.